Happy Sunday, Shoreline City. Everybody ready for a great day today? Hey, I am so glad we, are all, we all get to be together. We are one church in four locations. We've got Antigua, Guatemala. We've got White Rock. And we've got Bishop Arts Oak Cliff along with our North Dallas family as well. Hey, let's everybody clap for everybody. How about that? We're glad we all get to be together today. We are thrilled, excited. I am really anticipating God do something great in our hearts and in our lives. If you are in town for the holiday weekend, welcome, and hopefully you'll leave Dallas feeling filled with love and hope. And for everyone who's with us for the first time, I really want to make sure you feel right at home and just know we care about you so much. We're so in your corner. And we prayed for you. Uh, we prayed that God would do something significant and beautiful in every single heart and life. So welcome to the family. You're, you're jumping in with us as we've been in a series on the book of Colossians. And we've been in this series. This is now going to be the fourth week we'll be in uh, this series. And uh, this New Testament book has really been challenging us, challenging us and pushing us forward. And I, I pray after you leave today, as I said earlier, you're going to leave here change and transform uh, as well. Uh, but we've been in this series these four weeks. If you want to catch up with us, you can subscribe to our YouTube or download our app. We've got all the messages on there as well. Uh, but as we get ready to jump into chapter three today, I want to make an announcement to all of you, and that is this. Uh, when it comes to flying, I'm a baller. Okay? Just wanted to let you all know that. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, when, I, uh, when I fly uh, Southwest, and um, Southwest Airlines is a fantastic airline. Um, it, it, we have lots of employees at our church uh, who are part of Southwest Airlines. So, so I'm so, so thankful that you, uh, you work where you work and we can have cheap flights. And I don't know how you can get to a place for $59 one way. I have no idea when gas costs more than a plane ticket. But somehow, some way, we put our lives on the line and we get on these fantastic aircrafts and if you've never flown Southwest, you don't get a seat assignment, okay? You get a number and a letter. Now, I fly first class Southwest, first class. What does that mean? That means A group, okay? That's, that's Southwest A group. And I don't just do A group. I do business select, okay? So that's numbers 1 through 15. Come on, anybody with me on this right here? This is numbers one through 15, because when you are flying Southwest, they don't give you 26D. No, we are all cattle. We are all just a group of people, and they force us to fight it out in a line. And now, now they just do numbers like one through five, this side of the line. And you have to get over there with your little ticket and go, okay. And you're trying to look at other people's tickets. <laughs> because if you're three, you don't want to be behind four and five. You'd like to be in front of four and five. Well, when you uh, get your, your little boarding pass, you get letter A. For those of you who don't know, you get letter A, goes one through 60, letter B, one through 60, letter C, one through 60. If you get letter C, you basically are a worthless human being. Okay, that's what you feel like when you get a C boarding pass. You're not sitting on the aisle when you have a C. And you're not sitting at the window when you get a C. You are sitting where? In the middle. You are sitting in the middle. So plenty of times, because again, I'm a baller, I will uh, get my A boarding group and my family will have C. And I, 
I don't wait for them. No. <laughs> That's on them. They could have upgraded. I go ahead and I spent the extra $25 so that I could get business select. I hop on. And no, I try to be a good husband and a good father. So you, you get on the flight and you get your seat. And now you have to save the row for people that are coming and see boarding groups. So that means you don't make eye contact with anyone that gets on the plane. I have been like that for eight minutes and 48 seconds. Eventually, you have to look up, and when someone comes, you go, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, you can't see me. Sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry. My family's coming. They're in C, <laughs> um, but they're going to be here soon. Um, so th th this seat is, is taken, and that's actually the title of today's message. This seat is taken. This seat is taken. So go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Let's see if we can all grow a little bit together today. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1, and we'll go to verse number 2. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse number 2, set your minds on things above not on earthly things. Set your minds on things above. Set your minds on things above. Like you set a table. Many of us today, we, we, we set a clock. We set our phone for a time to wake up. When you're playing volleyball, you... You, you set up someone for, for a, a spike, a hit. Uh, I don't even know what you call it in volleyball. Whenever you're in a race, get ready, get, get set so that, you can then, so that you can then go. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. Uh, I'm sad to say this, but... I think most days I spend more time setting out my clothes than I do setting my mind. And I think if you're anything like me, you do the same. We spend more time on what we will wear than what our mind will be set on. We spend more time on the meals that we will prepare than what our mind is set on. And whether you're at White Rock and you're up north or you're at Bishop Arts Oak Cliff or Antigua, Guatemala, it does not matter. We all are in the same battle and struggle that there's so much that is vying for our attention and our time. And the scriptures here are teaching us to set our mind on things above. Go with me now to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts, Romans, actually Romans chapter 8, verse number 5. Romans chapter 8, verse number 5 and 6. Those who live, those who live according to the flesh have, their mind, have, have set their minds on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have set their minds on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. 
but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. I was reading uh, this verse and and I, I thought it would be wise for us to reverse it a little bit. Because when I was reading it, and there have been times in my life I have read this verse, and I have read it as if behavior produces focus because it's translated that way in our English. Because it starts with behavior. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Those who live in accordance with the flesh have their minds set on what the, the flesh desires. But that, that's actually not what the Scriptures are teaching. The, the scriptures are not teaching that behavior produces focus. It's actually focus that produces behavior. And if, if we think behavior is what produces focus, you and I will live lives that are, that are about behavior modification and not soul transformation. And we know, we know that because some of us have been in churches or some of us have run from church for years because we thought church was all about do's and don'ts. It was like, do this and do this, do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go here. Don't go there. Don't, don't love those people. Do love those people. Don't like those people. Do like those people. Don't wear this. Do wear that. Don't go there. Do go there. And it was all these do's and don'ts. And we realized that it actually didn't help help us become passionate followers of Jesus. It just really stretched, stressed us out, overwhelmed us a whole bunch, and reminded us over and over again that we're living by law when Jesus came to break the law and actually elevate us above that and have us fulfill everything according to the Spirit. So now, even if you read Colossians chapter 2, you can read it later uh, this week, Colossians chapter 2, it talks about how all those rules and regulations, they don't have any weight in actually curbing any of your sensual desires, chapters 2 and chapter 3. You can say, don't, don't look at her. Don't look at him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, but they're fine. I know, but don't look. But look at his body. I know, don't look. But look at her body. Yeah, don't look, don't look, don't look. And you can not look, not look, and you can close your eyes and just start thinking about it in your head. You know, you start mulling over it that way because all the do's and don'ts don't change you. It's a spirit work that changes you. It's something that takes place on the inside. So when you and I read this verse in Romans chapter 8, verse number 5, we can read it as, as it's saying, those who have their minds set on the spirit live in accordance with what the spirit desires. Those who have their minds set on the flesh will live in accordance with what, the, with, what, with what the flesh desires. So maybe now some of us have some light bulbs going off because we know we're a Christian and we've given, we've given our hearts to Jesus, but we have not set our minds on what the spirit desires. We instead have our minds set on what the flesh desires and no wonder we are Christians changed on the inside, soul saved, sanctified, been transformed, been made new, but we have not allowed our minds to be renewed. We've been focused on the wrong thing and that's why we are living lives in accordance with our flesh. It is very very 
very clear the difference between flesh and spirit living. They both have desires. Now, what is, what is flesh real quick and what, what is spirit? As defined here, okay, it, the, the flesh is not just like my flesh, oh, my skin, get this skin off of me. If the skin wasn't here, I'd be fine. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's imagery here that the Bible is given us, but it's a system, a, a pattern of beliefs and behaviors that lead to all that is evil. That's what flesh is. And spirit is a system or a pattern of beliefs and even behaviors that lead to all that is life, that is good, that is godly. One is in opposition to God, that's the flesh. One is, is sanctified or sacred, if you will, and that, and that is uh, spirit. Now, now let's, let's look at some, some desires here. Let me, let me see if I can make this plain for all of us. Because your flesh has a desire for greed, but your spirit has a desire for generosity. Your, sp- your, your flesh is craving greed, but your spirit is craving generosity. So can I meddle a little bit more here? Can I meddle a little bit more? Uh, let's talk about money. Money. Dollar, dollar bills. Okay, let, let's, let, let's talk about it for just a second. You can be, and I can be a Christian, okay, have given my heart and my life to Christ, but when it comes time to give my money, I think I can't do that. I can't tithe. I don't have enough. I, I got to take care of my family. I got to take care of myself. I, I, I can't give. I can barely make my ends meet right now. How in the world can I give this? I got to hold on to it. I got to keep it. I got to get a nest egg. You know what I've got to do? I need to get a savings account first, then I'll be generous. That's flesh thinking. Spirit thinking is totally different. Spirit goes, give me a chance. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want to give. I I, I want to help. I want to serve. I want to make better. I want to lift the environment. I want to push somebody else forward. That's what that's what a generous spirit does. And and the Bible actually teaches that 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 a a, the greedy spirit, a stingy one, actually leads to nothing. But a generous one actually leads to abundance and provision. It's it's two different ways of looking at things. Now now I'm talking about money here, but this can be about your time. It can be about encouragement. It can be about any host of things. We can be greedy with those things or we could be generous with those things and what I'm trying to paint the picture for us here is you can know whether or not you're living by flesh or by spirit because you will know the outcome is one greedy or is one generous going back to money for a quick second your flesh will always look at what you don't have your spirit will always look at who God is and what God has And those are two very different focuses. One focuses on you. The other focuses on him. One focuses on you being your provider. The other focuses on God being your provider. And I'm telling you, you're never going to be in a position to give until you start giving. You're in a position to give right now because you are God's son and God's daughter. You have it. Or if you have it, then you can give it. And if you follow what the spirit is leading you to do, I promise you God begins to change you and transform you. And that which has been hard for a long time gets easier and easier and easier because your mind begins to get renewed. Flesh 
is lust. Spirit is love. Flesh, lust. I want you. And I want it for me, not for you. It's about me, not you. Give it to me right now. And I'll find it online if I have to. And if I can't find it online, I'll go find someone. And if they say no, I'll take it anyway because it's about me and it's not about you. And I'll tear you down and I'll burn you down and I'll stab you in the back and I'll hurt you all to help me. That's what lust does. Love, it's very different. Love is not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. Love is not about me first. It's about me putting you first. Love is not about me elevating myself. Love is about me elevating you. Love is me saying, hey, what's best for you? How can I serve you? How can I lift you? How can I make you better? How can I elevate you? How can I build you up? How can I put things back together in your life? That's what love does. One tears down, the other builds up. One takes, the other gives. Let's go to this one. Let's go to, let's go to vengeance. Flesh is vengeance. Spirit is forgiveness. You know when somebody cuts you off, you're driving and someone cuts you off, isn't it amazing how quickly we, we could have been at church just 27 minutes earlier. Hands lifted, or maybe a hand lifted. You know the half mass, it's like... No problem, no problem. Doesn't make you more spiritual doing this, but I promise you, get, get free, get free. At church, oh, just 27 minutes earlier, talking about, amen, that's good, preacher. All right, that's good. Oh, I love you too. God bless you, my friend. Let somebody cut you off. It's like, you. Your mama, your mama's mama. You're ugly. Your mama's ugly. You just start talking about people like they're just dirt. <laughs> Have five fingers, just begin to use one of those fingers. And just, I mean, boom, that quick. People who were just in church. Don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about either, okay? Don't, don't look at me like that. I know people at Bishop Barzo Cliff know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you and I, let someone cut us off. That's just one emotion that pops up. Flesh is like, get them back. Let alone let somebody stab you in the back. You stab me in the back, I'll stab you in the back. You hurt me, I'll hurt you. Matter of fact, if you hurt me, I'll cut you off so you'll never hurt me again. I won't just cut you off, I'll cut everyone off so that no one could ever hurt me again. And that way, in me hurting you, I'll hurt everybody else who ever would even think about hurting me anyway. I'm going to live so right, I'm gonna live so free of anybody that I'm over here in my corner and the world's wrong and I'm right and there's all this anger that gets built up on the inside of us, that is flesh. Spirit says, I got to forgive. You know, if you're, if you're single and you're dating someone and, and they cheated on you, okay? I don't mean to get too, too serious here, but let's just, let's just talk like adults for a second, okay? 
if, if you're dating someone and they, they cheat on you, and they cheat on you and, uh, and you find out about it and they don't tell you, that's even worse. You're at a party, you're like, hey, ha, 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 ha. And then like, oh, did, so you, you, you and your boyfriend broke up? You're like, no. No. What would make? <laughs> no. No, we're happy. Oh, you are? Okay. Wait, 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 what do you know that I don't know? What do you know? Oh, nothing, 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 nothing. But I would just, I would just check. I would just. And you go and do a little bit of investigative work yourself and you find out. He said he was going here, but he actually went there. It's been going on for a while. The first thought in most of our minds is not, Lord, that's your son. You love him with the love of the Lord, and you died for him like you died for me. All of our sins are the same. Just ah, forgive him. I'll be fine. No, no. You're thinking about slashing tires. You're thinking about keying cars, you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to invite you over for dinner, and you kind of put some dog food in the burger and just feed it to them. You're, you're thinking about crazy ways just to get back. That's not because you're a bad person. That's flesh. We all have it. And when we become followers of Jesus, we don't lose our flesh. It stays with us for the rest of our life. But the spirit desires forgiveness. The spirit desires to send away. That's what forgiveness is. I'm sending away. I'm no longer holding this to your account. I'm wiping the slate clean. You are no longer indebted to me. I'm going to free you from the obligation to repay me for how you hurt me. I'm sending that away. Not because you didn't hurt me, but because I'm not going to live chained to your behavior anymore. I want to live free so I'm going to send this debt away that's what forgiveness is and your spirit desires it but your flesh will keep on trying to get you to live in vengeance verse 6 tells us the mind governed by the flesh leads to death but the mind governed by the spirit leads to life and peace when you are around a bunch of your girlfriends or a bunch of your, your, your guy friends, your, your, your homies, your boys, your crew, your squad, your whatever, and everyone is, their minds are governed by the flesh, do not wonder why there is so much death in all of those relationships, so much death in all of those mindsets, so much death in all of that's around them. It's because their minds are governed by the flesh. It doesn't mean you're better than them or or that they're bad people it just means they have not yet submitted come under the mind governed by the spirit the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace there are plenty of husbands that are living their lives right now being husbands with minds that are governed by the flesh 
and a mind governed by the flesh as a husband does not lead to a life of serving, does not lead to a life of you laying down your life for your spouse, does not lead to a life of you washing your spouse's feet, does not lead to a life of you laying down your life for your children. It leads to a life of you figuring out how you can get yours and how you can be ahead and how you can get to the top. But a mind governed, a mind ruled, a mind shaped by the spirit is one that washes feet. It's one that lays down. It's one that leads its family in the way of Christ. I'm just talking here about a mind governed. Who's ruling your mind? Who did you put in office over your mind? Who did you vote in over your mind? Who is the president, the mayor of your mind? And if it is the flesh, leads to death. But if the spirit leads to life, trying to help us here understand this you understand when you become a christian in a moment you are made new okay you're made new but you now have to understand this okay you have to understand you still must be renewed okay and if you don't get this okay you you and i will live very frustrated christian lives because we're like, God, I said the prayer. God, I gave you my heart. God, I got baptized. Matter of fact, we got baptisms taking place. I think it's July 14th at all of our locations. I'm so, so excited about that. We're going to dunk you in the water, and you're going to come out of that water. You'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> you, hug, you hug the person that dunks you. You feel so good. Your family will be here. It's going to be a beautiful moment. We cannot wait to celebrate that with you. It is powerful. But please understand, being baptized is you identifying that you, are, you belong to Jesus. But there is a whole other process now of you allowing your mind to be renewed. All Christ followers, every Christ follower has been given a new spirit. But you have to, you, you grow in a renewed mind. So one happens in a moment, the other happens over a lifetime. And this is where many Christians get messed up. Because we think, I just want to get another feeling again. If they can play that song, the way they played that song, that one time, and I can cry. You ever try to work up a tear in worship? You're like, <gasps> no, no. Then we'll blame the worship team. Oh, they weren't anointed today. <laughs> they didn't have it. They didn't have it. They didn't have it. No, my friend, that's not how it works. <laughs> you don't need even any more tears. You don't need any more goosebumps. Salvation in Jesus Christ is enough for every single one of us. That is enough for us to be transformed on the inside. Just that, that one time, that one moment of surrender, that one moment of giving everything over to him. And then after that, you and I live lives. We allow our minds to be renewed, to be governed. I had so many notes on this subject. Okay. So many, I had to start, I had to 
scrape, scrap away a whole bunch of stuff. I put a whole bunch of stuff on the floor. I don't even have time to go into Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 that talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't even have time to get into that. I don't have time to go into Galatians chapter 5 that talks about what a spirit-filled life looks like and what a flesh-filled life looks like. You can read all of that stuff later, but what I do know is I want to make sure we understand that the battle that you and I are having, it is right here between our ears. It is in our mind. And if we can get minds that are surrendered to the authority of Jesus Christ, minds that are surrendered and being scrubbed by the word of God, then you and I can be the type of people God is calling us to be. If not, we'll go to heaven. We're going to leave a whole lot here on earth that was not supposed to be left here on earth. I'm fine. You listen to Cardi B. It's great. She's wonderful. She's fantastic, okay? Go ahead and listen to her. She was in a beef with, I can't remember who she was in a beef with not too long ago. Who was that? I can't even remember. Uh, but they're going back and forth. And, hey, if you want to listen to Tupac, go ahead, okay? I was raised on Tupac and Biggie. Now, I mean, they didn't raise me. not like my dad, but, you know. Hey, go ahead. But if you, if you allow that stuff to govern your mind, do not be surprised that you're not living the type of abundant life that God has called you to live. I mean, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, you can't watch that movie. You can't watch that movie. You can't watch that movie. That, would Jesus watch that movie? I don't know. You know and I'm not going to get into all that. Would Jesus watch a rated R movie? And there might be a season you need to do that. Why? Because your mind is so carnal. Your mind is so bent towards things that are not God. You may need a time to go, you know what? <laughs> time out, everybody. The only thing playing through my Spotify is worship. That's the only thing that's playing through. That's all I can do right now. That's all I can have because I'm trying to get my mind focused on the things of the spirit. I'm trying to get my mind to be in alignment with what the spirit desires. And if I'm listening to Versace on the floor, but I'm trying to have live a life that is governed by the spirit, then those two things are not really working for me because I was sleeping around so much and I don't want to do that any longer because I don't want to treat women like they're pieces of meat. I want to treat them like they are the daughters of God that they are. So in order to do that, Versace, you're going to have to wait for my honeymoon. Right now, it's going to be here again. Would you meet me here again? Because I feel forsaken right now, Lord. It's 2.15 in the morning, and I want to call that girl. I want to text that girl, but I'm asking you to meet me here again. I'm asking you to meet me right here again. I don't want to meet her again. I want to meet you again. Okay, go with me to Mark. Go with me to Mark. Go with me to Mark. I'm just about done. I'm just about done. Mark, 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 Mark. Chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Verses 35 through 40, okay? You still with me? You still with me? Okay, North Dallas, you still with me? That day, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, 
Don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind. He said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. On a boat, headed to the other side, okay? Storm hits. Jesus and the disciples are in the same boat. Jesus and the disciples are in the same storm. The disciples are freaking out. Maybe you're in a storm right now, and you are freaking out. We're talking about layoffs at my job. I need this promotion so I can make some more money. I need this loan so I can get this new company off of the ground. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen with my boss because I really would like to have his or her job because I, I, I feel like I'm even more qualified than they are. I've, I, I got this cancer report and it is messing with me. My best friend is going through a divorce and I feel like I'm reliving my divorce all over again. I lost someone that I love and now I've got to go to another funeral and I feel like I'm reliving that loss all over again. It's a storm. We all go through them. Jesus went through storms. The disciples went through storms. As a follower of Christ, all of us will go through storms. They're all in the same storm. They're all in the same boat. The disciples are freaking out. Jesus is He's sleeping. Disciples are running around. I imagine him up there. You wake him up. You wake him up. No, you wake him up. No, you wake him up. Well, how's he sleeping? Right? I came up. Oh my gosh. How is he sleeping? What in the world? We're, in the, we're about to die. That guy's down there sleeping. And Jesus is dreaming. I think what was going on in Jesus' mind was going on in Jesus' body. And I think the same for the disciples. What was going on in their mind was going on in their body. They are freaking out here, so they're freaking out here. Jesus is at peace here, so he's at peace here. Isaiah 26, verse 3, he will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is fixed, is set, is stayed on him. There is something about you and I saying, I'm in a storm right now, but I know I'm going to focus on my Savior. I'm setting my mind on things above. I'm not setting my mind on things below. I'm setting my mind on the things of the Spirit. I'm not setting my mind on the things of the flesh. Back to our Southwest Airlines. Whoever sits next to you on the flight has everything to do with your enjoyment of the flight. You ever see the baby coming? The baby, the crying baby coming down the aisle like, oh no, oh no, God, God, I pray right now. I pray, I pray that they don't sit next to me. And Lord, I love babies, but not that one. Uh, give, give me a baby. 
It's going to be quite, you ever have people with natural deodorant that sit next to you? Can we just make a commitment right now that we're going to stop with all this natural deodorant stuff? Okay? It's only good for you, okay? It's not good for the rest of us. That's not from the Bible. That's just from my heart right there. That's from my heart, okay? That's me just trying to help you out. (laughs) Whoever sits next to you has everything to do with how you're going to enjoy the flight. And I feel like when we're sitting there, too many of us are allowing the things of the flesh to sit next to us. We don't save the seat for the things of the spirit. So greed comes. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 come on, right here, right here. Yeah, have a seat, have a seat right here. Selfishness comes. Oh, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Have a seat right. Fear. Fear. Get get your behind over here. Fear, I've been waiting for you all day. I went to sleep thinking about you. I'm going to wake up thinking about Come on, fear. Have a seat right here. We're saving the seat for the wrong thing. I'm wanting us to save the seat for the things of the Spirit, the thing that the Spirit desires. So when joy walks in, it's like, hey, joy, you can have a seat right here. When faith walks into the room, when hope walks in, these are the things that we want sitting next to us. Friends, we can get this it will be a game changer in your spiritual development and your growth as a follower of Christ it'll be a game changer stop waiting for a goosebump and allow the spirit of the living God to transform your mind allow the word of God to scrub your mind and you watch what God does with your life, how he takes you to new levels, not for your glory, but all for his. Hey, at all of our locations, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor right now. Bow your heads for just a moment. I'm going to invite leaders and campus pastors up to the front right now, but as your heads are bowed, If you're under the sound of my voice and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one, you've never made him the ruler of your life, or at one point in time you didn't, you slipped away and you've gone another direction and you're under the sound of my voice today, you're saying you don't want to go your own way anymore, you want to go his way. You don't want to be first, you want him to be first in your life. You want to surrender your very heart and life to following Jesus. Give the reins of your life, the driver's seat, the keys to the the car of your life over to Christ. At all of our locations, I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. Maybe for the first time or rededicate my life to serving him. We celebrate this moment right here. Come on, keep your hands up all over at all of our locations. You're saying, yeah, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make them first. At all of our locations, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. All of our locations, put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm at all of our locations. Come on, church.